0: Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel, And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10 season show. Today, we're talking about season five, episode five, Rave On.
1: Mary, what happened this week? After Brandon sprays Kelly with water instead of washing his car, Kelly catches Val smoking weed. Val says it's just incense, but Kelly isn't dumb. Kelly tells Brandon Val's a pothead, but he doesn't believe her. Brandon is still only sort of president, and the student senators are still being mean to him. But Steve and Valerie have kissed, so that's nice. Also, (laughs) he brought her chocolates to celebrate her first month in L.A. Val gives those chocolates to Dylan, or tries to. She shows up unannounced to his house, like just walks right in. Dylan says he'd rather she call first, then they celebrate her presence on the left coast for a month by banging on the kitchen table. Donna mentions Val in passing, and Kelly asks Donna what she thinks of her. She's great, she's not Kelly <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Kelly tells Donna Val's a pothead and shares her theory that Val wants them all to think she's sweet and then be secretly bad. Donna's like, okay, Kelly, but remember that time you thought Dylan's family were scammers and instead they were great people? You're so silly. Kelly's like, this is different. I caught her doing it and lying about it. Donna tells Kelly to maybe mind her own business. Steve wants to turn the peach pit into a club to help the place earn extra income. Dylan and his five o'clock shadow reluctantly agree to let him throw a rave. Dylan and Val continue to enjoy their secret flirting and hooking up when Steve isn't looking. Brandon confronts Val about her incense. Brandon tells Val Kelly tattled on her and that Jim and Cindy don't take too kindly to that. Val tells, or sorry, Val says Kelly doesn't like her and is a snob. Brandon says Kelly is just cautious around new people. In regards to the Peach Pit after dark, Brandon says he might dance if it will help smooth things over between Kelly and Val. Steve does a lot of work at the Peach Pit and won't tell Dylan how much it costs. It seems he wants to cover the expense as long as he gets a percentage of the profits if this becomes a regular thing. Since it's a non-alcoholic grave, they plan to serve Munce's smart drinks. I don't want to know what is what else is in them besides Munce's fingers. Val and Kelly talk about shopping at the Peach Pit and agree to hang out sometime. Kelly sees Dylan and tells him she hopes um, the after-hours party is a big success. She tells him that she bought Erica a souvenir in Minnesota and asks him how Suzanne and Kevin are doing. Val comes out and flaunts her new outfit and kisses Steve in front of Dylan. Kelly asks Dylan what he thinks of Valerie. He says, I don't know her very well. Ha ha. Steve's party draws a huge crowd. Um, let's see. Lots of people dancing and drinking months as blended things. Claire and David dance and Dylan shows up at the party and takes over door duty for a few minutes, immediately pocketing a large bill after making change for a party goer. Brandon dances with Kelly. Long hair guy knocks over a tray and spills stuff on Brandon and the floor. Kelly walks in on a couple making out in the back room while looking for a mop, recognizing it's Dylan's voice and Val's shoes. Um, Nat notices the cash box is short about $300 after Steve is sure of the number of people who came to the party, which that's more than one bill. I'm just saying, I I know American (laughs) denominations and stuff. Anyway, Kelly tells Steve something's wrong with her car and pulls him outside. She tells him that Val made out with Dylan. Val overhears this and steps in to make Kelly look like she misunderstood the situation and make Dylan look like the bad guy. Kelly makes it clear to Val she isn't fooled. Val makes it clear to Kelly she's not letting go of her reputation without a fight. Oh my god, I wrote so much, I'm sorry. <laughs> Val gives Jim lemonade before she asks him more questions about Dylan, and somehow that makes him not blow, it, blow up at her this time. Jim tells Val Dylan didn't ne- or doesn't need money. She's like, are you sure he's rich? Dylan, or sorry, Jim calls Dylan, a typical Beverly Hills brat. Steve brings alcohol for him to sneaky drink with Val at the second Peach Pit After Dark party. And she's all like, you know I don't drink, Steve. And then she kisses him and steals his flask and tells him to go run off and do his party things. So earlier, when Brandon talked to Val about don't smoke pot at my parents' house if that's what you're doing and then apologized for Kelly being hard on new people... Kelly didn't appreciate that and definitely doesn't trust Val. Brandon tells Kelly to give Val a chance because of what she's been through, and it's a wonder she's functioning at all. Meanwhile, Val is bringing Steve's flask to Dylan's house where they are drinking it. Dylan breaks a lamp and blames it on Valerie, and then she gets the story of what happened to Dylan's money. She's diabolical. (laughs) Yeah, she's good at it, right? I told
0: you you guys would like her as a villain.
2: Oh, like, they really set up, like, a Valerie-Kelly rivalry here. And, like, I love Kelly. I think she's smart. I think she puts her nose into other people's business when she shouldn't. Like, this is not the first time that she has just been like, oh, I learned a thing. I'm going to go tell everyone I know that thing. Right. But, like, Valerie is scary, and I'm not sure Kelly is smart enough to handle her.
0: I think that's the problem. Like, because there's, we'll get to that scene, but basically she spells out the whole thing, right? She's putting on an act and trying to make it seem like she's a good girl and she's not. Kelly's smart enough to realize that and read people like that, but she has no idea what to do with this information because clearly telling people doesn't work because that's the whole point. Val's tricking other people into thinking that she's good or at least a goody two-shoes, not good, because I think part of hers probably is good, but that's a whole twisted relationship I have with villains. But I just don't think that Kelly knows what to do. She's like, guys, I'm telling you, but it's almost like she's just spitting it out into the void, right? And so she, what she needs to do is come up with a plan herself to get Valerie caught in the act. But like oh, you said, yeah. she's just not smart enough to, to think to do
2: that. Well, and the problem is like, So the things that Kelly has done where she's just like started talking, for lack of a better word, like talking about people behind their backs, Mm -hmm. right? So there was, you know, Steve starting the rumor that Brenda slept her way into her role, which was undeniably false. But like Kelly was even like, oh yeah, I'm totally into that. And then like told people about it. Right. Undeniably false. Then she didn't trust dylan's family and thought that suzanne and kevin were stealing his money which was true Mm -hmm. but that hasn't come to light yet so everyone thinks that like no you were just assuming that and you were totally wrong again because the brenda thing just happened exactly and then yeah third she catches valerie smoking pot and then literally immediately runs downstairs to you know blow up her spot with brandon and brandon's like are you sure it wasn't incense? Because she's told me it was incense. Like she doesn't have enough evidence backing up her claims previously. So it just sounds like she's talking shit and starting rumors.
0: Exactly. It's like she doesn't have the evidence. And I don't think she has like because obviously the proof comes from like for Kelly, it's the pot, right? Like she smelled the pot. She nearly saw the pot. Um, and then later in the episode, like Mary mentioned, she catch she literally catches dylan and her making out in the peach pit after dark so she's got the physical evidence but all it, it, it's just a it, she said she said situation at this point point. and i don't quite frankly think that valerie has interacted with the other characters with the exception of steve enough to solidify where there would be like a crack in her exterior or something like that so it's like why in the world would valerie be smoking pot or making out with someone else's or not even someone else's guy but making out with somebody that's not her guy when we have no evidence to support one way or the other we don't even know her that well so yeah I totally I mean yeah and they're doing the whole pitting against each other but at least they're not best friends first like Brenda and Kelly were
2: (laughs) oh my gosh I think that would break my heart if they became best friends and then everything or like oh my gosh okay so Kelly is, like, saying all this stuff about Valerie. Valerie is, like, no, you've got it totally wrong. You know, plays her part in it. Kelly starts believing her. They do become best friends. And then Valerie, I don't know, fulfills her villainous plot. I Like, I don't <laughs> understand her endgame other than chaos. Yeah, I think she's just a bringer of chaos at this point. Which there's nothing wrong with it. I'm totally for it. Same. I just I can't come up with wild theories of just like keeps doing chaos.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: But like, oh, she's she's so smart. Like the whole episode opens with, you know, Kelly being soaking wet because Brandon sprayed her with the hose and like, oh, just go upstairs and pick a, a shirt. And then she goes up there and is like drying her hair and she smells the pot. And knocks on Valerie's door. And then Valerie's even like, oh, I was just burning some incense. I know it's very Boomer of me, which, oh, my God. <laughs> I
0: know. that You mean to tell me there's an okay Boomer 30 years before it
2: became a thing? <laughs> boomers have been Boomers since the inception of Boomers. It's like they Man. knew. They were like 1950. They were like, mm-mm, we messed up now. <laughs> yeah, it's like – they're so
0: I mean think about it it's kind of like us we've been aware we've been millennials for as long as the word was a word so we're gonna end up oh my god we're gonna end up being the boomers but millennials
2: (laughs) I my first thought when like Valerie's like oh yeah I was just burning some incense and Valerie or Kelly's like oh my gosh well it smells like pot all I could think of was like Valerie I feel like it's also been known for decades just like stick some paper towel into a toilet paper roll and then like breathe into that
0: yeah don't just true. breathe out right I mean even if she does have the window open like that stuff smells like it's gotta it's gotta like it doesn't matter if it's pot or if
2: it's a cigarette smoke like it just it carries <laughs> yeah it it also made me think of all the times in high school that my siblings had incense in their rooms and I was like eight and I was like oh my god
0: What's with the incense, guys? (laughs) I had no idea. That makes me think of... Here we go, Gilmore Girls. Maybe record time. Um, But Gilmore Girls reference here. It makes me think of the time when... Emily and Richard were snooping in the pool house when Rory lived there. And they were looking for some sort of evidence that led them to believe that she was having sex with Logan or whatever. And Emily's telling Richard this story, like, because he's freaking out. He's like, I don't want to intrude on her privacy. And Emily's like, oh, no, no, don't, like, don't worry. I did this with Lorelai all the time. And, you know, when I was doing it, I would find the weirdest things. I even found an entire drawer just filled with Tootsie Rolls. Just filled with tootsie rolls who has a drawer that's full of tootsie rolls and Richard's like perhaps it was what was underneath the tootsie rolls and she's like oh my god it was underneath the tootsie rolls
2: (laughs) so you're telling me is Brandon Walsh and Emily Gilmore would probably get along (laughs) I bet they would oh my god
0: can you imagine that's a scene I need to see them just meeting for the first time and like falling in like platonic love
2: (laughs) Okay, but it would, like, totally work because Brandon would be, like, early 30s, beginning of his political career and probably, like, you know, rubbing elbows or whatever with, like, Yale graduates. hmm Probably. He would totally be campaigning. He would. But. God. <laughs> but, yeah, like, Valerie, you know, totally blows Kelly off and is, like, no, it's this this and this and I I find it interesting so Kelly goes downstairs and makes the comment about munchies and Brandon's like are you sure it wasn't an incense and they never have this comment of like Valerie acted like she was stoned or her eyes were bloodshot or like right. anything she's just like no it was unmistakably undeniably pungently pot
0: yeah that's a good point they really only mentioned the munchies and it's like I don't know a whole lot about smoking pot, but I is like the more you do it, does it affect you less in the sense of like, you know, red eyes or itchy eyes or whatever or anything like that or or it just affects people differently.
2: I think it affects people differently, but then you also kind of learn like, mm. oh, if I get red eyes, then I need to have my little thing of Visine before I go out in public or like Right. that's, you know, I have my signature perfume that is you know, Britney Spears over undertones of marijuana. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. No, that's interesting. I guess that that was like the only way they could make it a good segue or something. It's like they needed to just make it fit or something.
2: I do feel like Kelly was waiting for an opening and literally would have said anything like if Brandon was just like, oh, have you seen the news today? And she'd been like, speaking of news. <laughs> yeah. Boy, do
0: I have a scoop for you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If only Brandon was on the Condor. Mm -hmm. Yes. If only. But he's not because he apparently still has to go to student Senate and call every meeting to order, even though they're challenging him. Right. Right. Which, Which is
0: so strange to me that we didn't get a continuation of that
2: plot this episode. But I do really like that they threw it in there of like, yeah, like this episode feels like a true just like pivot of like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. we we're going to start introducing more stuff because it's the beginning of the season. But don't worry, we still remember that the student Senate and Alex Diaz are taking Brandon to court. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Litigation will be
2: happening. Just you wait. I cannot wait. Law and Order 90210 is going to be my <laughs> favorite episode.
0: oh my gosh but yeah so we learn that Diaz is still happening but that's a side thing for later and Brandon still thinks it's like not a great idea for Steve to date Valerie he doesn't really explain why he just says like should you really be doing that and then Steve just goes full Steve I guess and is like if I don't make it with Valerie soon I'm gonna
2: explode it's like she doesn't even like you dude And this is the thing is, like, she's being so devious where, like, she's showing him just enough attention yep, that he is being like this. And it's even, yeah, you know, Brandon is talking and then just, like, turns around and is like, oh, was that you in my house at 8 o'clock in the morning? And Steve has the first Brenda mention of being like, it's not like she's your sister. Oh. I forgot.
0: I didn't even write that down. Like, that one Brenda mentioned. I mentioned another one, like, in the next
2: scene that happens. But I forgot it, that one. Yeah, it was, like, it was one of those ones where I was, like, it's technically a Brenda mentioned, so I'm calling it. Yeah. But, yeah, Steve is just being, like, really gross about it and, like, weird. Like, who buys someone a box of chocolates to celebrate their one-month anniversary of living in California? Like, talk about an avocado head. <laughs> God, Steve. You're such an avocado head. It's so weird, like, especially if he apparently showed up at eight o'clock in the morning with a box of chocolates and was like, I just wanted to celebrate your one month California anniversary.
0: Yeah, I just don't understand how thirsty he possibly could be to show up at someone's house at 8 a.m., a college student like we were just talking this morning about sleeping in. It's like. If I could, I still would. But back then, I certainly wasn't waking up at 8 a.m. unless I had a
2: class. But even then, I skipped a lot of 8 a.m.s. <laughs> oh, I skipped so many 8 a.m.s. It was such a bad idea for me to be like, no, I can do it. It's just yeah. down the hallway. Right. I did. I I truly appreciated Brandon, like, calling Steve out for the chocolate and Steve being like, it's the little things that count. Well, that works out for you. hmm Brandon, just like
0: dropping the mic when he's saucy to steve i love it but i hate when he's like saucy to like cindy or kelly or something like that but when it's to see to steve he probably deserves it
2: well and i think when he's talking to women it's not saucy it's more just like it's spicy yeah
0: oh and then we get dylan at his house he's talking to somebody on the business side of things um and is telling this person that he's in between business managers, um, and Valerie just shows up, walks in, and Dylan immediately and the uh, immediately gets mad that she walked into Dylan's unlocked house,
2: <laughs> and he like he makes like he's so mad at her, but it's not like he you know held up the finger of like one second, don't come in yet hmm like if I showed up at someone's house and they made eye contact with me through the glass front door I'd be like oh I can come in
0: right exactly but no she just wa- but she's on phase like she just walks in she's like dude whatever like why like why are you being mad this is dumb didn't Brenda ever just show up whenever she
2: wanted to or
0: something like that
2: yeah and I think Dylan says no and I'm like <laughs> but she totally did
0: yeah she totally did
2: he's so, just grumpy like, Oh, he's so grump. I mean, he's realistically hungover and was, like, talking to the bank about needing money. So, like, I get it. Yeah. And then, yeah, in comes Valerie unannounced with a bunch of chocolates to be like, I wanted to celebrate my one month <laughs> California – no, one month on the left coast. Mm-hmm. Which – who calls it that? Only East Coasters. <laughs> <laughs> it was so dumb. And, like – the stupidest excuse to be like, I just got this box of chocolates, randomly. I mean, to show up here unannounced, and like, not that Dylan is caring at the moment, but he has to know that those came from Steve, deep or down. just yeah, or just not from her, yeah. But I mean, like, he gets really mad at her. She fakes a phone call to be like, "Oh my god, can I come over so we can." do it with the lights on and the blinds open
0: <laughs> on the
2: kitchen table yeah which they do and then Dylan says he's like is there any caramel in there
0: and she's like how about you find out that, and don't get me wrong I understand what they're trying to do but I'm like you, you lost me and what like why don't you come here and find out like are you guys gonna eat the chocolate before you have sex or are you gonna do it while you do it like what What's the process here? Are we trying to be sexy? Are we getting to the point? Are we eating? Can I brush my
2: teeth after? Like, <laughs> oh my god! What if he like came over to make out and she was like, "No, check the box. Chocolate. I don't know if there's caramels in there." <laughs> yeah, it says assorted chocolate, so I assume it's part of the assorted. We have to open it to find out. There might be nougat. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Some might be wafer. I. Just take a bite out of each one for me real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have to brush our
2: teeth. Exactly. Because some of them might be like Butterfinger and get stuck in my mouth. But like truly their whole back and forth where they like never actually talk. It's just yeah. like ping pong balls back and forth of this like weird conversation. I kind of hate it. I'm just over it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Like, even that's, you know, how this episode ends. And I was like, we didn't get any resolution. (sighs) And I think, again, at this point, well,
0: at this point in the episode, I don't, I still don't understand Valerie's long game. Because we assume that she still assumes that he's rich. So I assume that her end game is to get money somehow. Or I mean, at least be associated with money or something like that.
2: Do You have to think, like, I think it's, it's much later in the episode and it's not about her, but Claire says something about, like, some people just need chaos in their lives. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess that's just Valerie. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been
0: around people who just want drama for drama's sake. Like, they complain about the drama and they always talk about the drama and they say they don't want the drama – But yet they still insert themselves into drama. And it's just because they like the drama. So that could be the case. Because by the end of the episode, I still don't know what her endgame is other than chaos.
2: Yeah, because I mean, I guess if you think about it, you know, there's the next scene with Valerie and Steve on the date at the Peach Pit. And she's like throwing french fries into his mouth or something. Mm -hmm. And that feels very like, you know what you're going to get with Steve. He's like, milk toast. You're going to go to the Peach (laughs) Pit you're going to eat French fries. He's going to get way too into the game of you throwing French fries into his mouth. Meanwhile, Dylan is an alcoholic who had all of his money stolen from him and likes to have sex with the lights on and the blinds open. (laughs) Wild. So exciting. So crazy. And like, there's definitely something that the two of them really get off on the sneaking around. You know it.
0: Oh yeah. And like, it's, not role-playing but it kind of is like how they pretend not to know each other that well and and things like that they're like you know um they're friend adjacent because you know steve's uh, in common brandon's in common kelly's in common but they don't actually have like ever have a conversation between the two of them when other people are around Mm -hmm. so it's probably that too
2: yeah because i mean like steve goes to talk to dylan and is like oh you remember dylan she's like yeah i guess Mm mm-hmm And, like, even when Steve proposes this idea of the Peach Pit after dark, like, she's even like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. You two should go into business together. (laughs) I know. It's like, girl, what is your game? (laughs) I don't get you. She can't stop. Like, I, I have to think that, you know, at some point if she got caught and everyone truly turned against her, she'd be like, okay, fine, I'll go back to New York. Right, like, I'll just go create chaos there. I already left it in shambles. Might as well return to the scene of the crime. Right, and, like, it's not like this is going to be, like, Little J and Gossip Girl being like, I will know if you ever step foot in L.A. again. Right. Oh, my gosh. They can't do
0: shit about this. They can't. Like, that's what's so crazy. And she's, like, she's almost making it so obvious that she's meddling but nobody gets it except for Kelly
2: and then no one listens to Kelly. And, yeah, because she's literally, like, literally the next thing that we see with her is Brandon going into her room while she's burning incense and Brandon being like, Kelly said you were smoking pot. And Val is like, well, I think Kelly's a snob. Right. And, like, it just works.
0: It. She doesn't come across as being a mean girl or being, I don't know, like jealous, like, not that she would be jealous of Kelly, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, she doesn't seem like she's coming across as anything other than, well, you know, I'm just a little worried about you, Brandon. I just want to make sure you're in a happy, healthy relationship.
2: That is exactly what it is. Yep. She's just like, well, I'm not doing anything wrong. Have you considered that your girlfriend might be doing something bad? Exactly. Like, which is wild. Oh. <sighs> I just, touche. Like, whoever <laughs> dreamed up the Valerie character, like, snaps for you.
0: Yeah, no kidding. And and it's so crazy how she, uh, Tiffany Thiessen, can go from Kelly Kapowski to this. Because Kelly Kapowski was, like, the quintessential, like, girl next door situation.
2: Yeah. No. She <laughs> has range. She totally does. Anyway, while... Valerie is off causing chaos. Steve is setting up a non-alcoholic peach pit after dark on spec. Except for non-alcoholic drinks that he's only charging Dylan $100 for. Which seems extremely low. It's so low. And what does he say? He's like, it's $100. You fart $100. Yeah, or burp it. (laughs) (laughs) But like, like,
0: why couldn't he just say like, "You wipe your sweat with that" or something? Like,
2: it was kind of gross. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And like, it, like Mary said earlier, like, I don't want to know what's in those drinks if it only costs a hundred dollars for three hundred and fifty people to have them.
0: Yep. Same. Unless like months just grossly under <laughs> how much he needed.
2: Months <laughs> has just like, it's just like. Tang smoothies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he's like a hundred dollars. I need a hundred dollars of tang.
0: <laughs> Can you imagine him just at like, I don't know what grocery stores are out in California, but at like Kroger just filling his buggy full of tang. It's a kick in a glass. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's doing the like supermarket sweep where he just like sticks his arm oh out God. and just knocks it all in.
0: Yes, he like doesn't stop moving. He just like shovels it in as he keeps going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gotta get all the flavors of tang. Oh my god. I do appreciate though and I'm jumping ahead just a little bit but like I do appreciate at the Peach Pit After Dark them sticking with the like smart aspect of it because I'm pretty sure they were pouring some of the drinks in beakers and I think Nat and months were in lab coats and things like that so I do appreciate the dedication to the theme of the drink.
2: Honestly like you know they make jokes about Steve being like the de facto party guy of keg and like oh i've been doing these great you know frat parties on campus so i can totally do this but like he can totally do this he totally can that's the thing i don't really think that
0: because steve has always wanted to be like in the industry so to speak because of his experience in the industry and while that's great he's always been really bad at being a manager or something like that this where he can plan events and organize events that's what he's made for
2: yeah, and I mean, like, even, you know, he technically doesn't get to enjoy the party because he has to stand at the door and, like, you know, clock people in. Right. But he's very diligent on it. I mean, he's, like, you know, it's just counting number times ten. Mm-hmm. But, like, he does the math. And when they're short $300 or whatever, he's like, no, I got this right.
0: Right. And he's, like, very concerned that everything went off without a hitch.
2: Yeah. And like, you know, in this whole little scene where like Steve is getting stuff set up and like convincing Dylan to spend one hundred dollars. This is when Valerie pulls up and like talks to Kelly about hanging out. We, you know, see her little outfit that'll come into play later. Mm -hmm. And then Kelly runs into Dylan and brings up Suzanne, Kevin and Erica being in Arizona. And she bought Erica a present and she's like, oh, you know, Dylan, you're allowed to tell me like, you know, I told you so. And Mm -hmm. Dylan's basically just like, I'll let you off the hook and just shuts her down.
0: Right. And he was basically evasive about – he didn't give a straight answer for anything in this whole conversation um, because he knows and nobody else knows. So he can't – I think this says a lot about Dylan a little bit that he doesn't flat out lie to anyone. You know, like he's not – personally, I don't think Dylan is manipulative I just think he, he is almost like fueled more by his shame. So he doesn't want to lie about it, but he also doesn't want to admit that something bad happened. So he just avoids it altogether.
2: Oh, yeah. No, I totally agree. I think you can tell that he is embarrassed that he got taken and especially with Kelly saying like I really thought they were bad news Mm -hmm. and you know him getting to relive the fact of like oh you were right Jim you know totally warned me about this this and this and just like shutting down rather than let anybody know what happened to him yep exactly and I mean yeah like he doesn't necessarily lie but you know later on that night the reason that they're short the $300 is because Dylan starts pocketing money at the door, Mm -hmm. which the guy hands him is like, can you break a large bill? And I was like, how large of a bill?
0: Well, and he just like stuffs it in his pocket, like openly in front of everybody. He's just like, Oh, thanks man. And puts it in his pocket. Um, But yeah. Yeah. Like, is it a hundred? Is it a 50? Like what, what is this large bill you have, sir?
2: right because originally I thought it was a hundred and then I was like who's gonna show up to this like pop-up rate with a hundred dollar bill exactly and like and like what Daddy- if it was a what
0: if it was a 20
2: <laughs> okay
0: can you break this large bill
2: <laughs> oh my god he's like trying to show off to his date so he like doesn't show what the denomination is and he hands it like hey can you break that and then Dylan just puts it in his pocket without looking and hands him like 40 bucks and he's like Oh, thanks, thanks, man. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Or also, he's, like, with his date, like you said, trying to impress her. And then he just, like, pulls out the bill says, can you break a large bill? And so he gives them the change that's $10. And then he just gives it right back to Dylan. Oh, this is for my date. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. I wish. But anyway, like, people inside, like, there's a ton of people inside this tiny peach pit. A lot of people dancing a lot of people drinking the smart drinks kelly's trying to get brandon to dance as normal nat thinks it can work claire and david are dancing like donna and griffin are dancing everybody's like having a great time and then a uh, long-haired guy with a big bill runs into months and spills some smart drinks poor months
2: and then a ton of people just like walk past them, and you hear the glass crunching sound. And I was like, "Who does this?" I did hear the glass crunching. I know. I was like, "I don't want that in my shoes." Right? Like every time I go walking outside, I'm just like, you know, there's broken bottles around in the city sometimes, and mm-hmm. like I will give a wide berth because I'm like, the last <laughs> thing I want is a piece of glass in my shoe.
0: Yeah, or just like a nail or a screw or like anything like that. But no, people are just chilling, just walking across it. Um, but then Kelly offers to go get the broom. She walks into the back room or back area or whatever. And I guess she's making noise. And so Dylan, because you hear it's Dylan, is like, hey, this is a private area. It's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> it's like a whole back storage area. But sure, it's private and kelly recognizes the voice is dylan and then she looks down and she sees Val's shoes and she knows that because she commented on them earlier and she decides not to say anything which that is smart move by kelly
2: i just i feel like it would have been smarter to like walk out of here and like this is when you go tell Brandon and it's like i have literal evidence right now like i'll clean this up you need to go see this because like I need to not be, like, gaslit by people being like, no, it's incense. Right, exactly. But, again, partially smart, but doesn't know what to do with the information. Yeah, that's, like, I totally understand after watching a couple of these season five episodes how controversial of a character Kelly is. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know, you know, more stuff is going to happen to her in the future. There's five more seasons on top yeah. of this one. But, like, yeah. Yeah. She likes to talk shit about people and like, it's usually the right shit, but she, she doesn't bring the receipts. No, she doesn't. She doesn't keep, well, she might keep them, but she doesn't share them. And like, yeah, after all of this is over and then like Steve gets really mad about the money, Kelly comes in and is like, Hey, I need you to come out to my car. I don't know. Something like, I think the battery is wrong, Mm -hmm. but then like, she kind of makes eye contact at Valerie, which really shows her like Kelly does not have a poker face she's naive it's like she thinks
0: she's more street smart or something more than she is and it's probably because she always has been one of the more street smart people of the group right because like we all know brandon's naive we all know brenda brenda was smarter than people gave her credit for dylan Mm -hmm. had a lot of street smarts steve is just a himbo (laughs) <laughs> and <laughs> which doesn't nod to later in the episode that we talk about but so yeah I think Kelly's always kind of thought of herself as being super like savvy and street smart and stuff but then no 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 you don't know street smart and you don't know like diabolical you know behavior until you meet Va- you've met Valerie which we now have and yeah she just again doesn't know what to do this information she's like hey hey take me outside Steve and she's
2: like eyeing Valerie so yeah she like I feel like she was street smart for, like, Beverly Hills. Yeah. Street smart. Because, yeah, like, she she could pick up when people were doing drugs because she saw her mom doing drugs. But, like... Right. There there was that, and then there was Valerie, who, like, actually knows how to hide her drug use versus, like, we haven't seen that in the past. Exactly. Exactly.
0: She's the street smart of the avocado heads.
2: Exactly. (laughs) And, like, truly, she has never met anyone like Valerie because Valerie is ready to throw anyone under the bus to protect herself
0: yeah which is exactly what happens in this next scene so Kelly does go out um, or Steve does go out with Kelly um, to check on her car they don't actually make it to her car but this is when Kelly tells Steve about Dylan and Val kissing and then Valerie just immediately comes outside because homegirls making eye contact with her yeah yeah (laughs) like obviously you're gonna go outside and so immediately valerie like denies it but doesn't right like she doesn't really deny it and kelly calls her out on that and she's like that's not exactly a denial but then accuses dylan of being so drunk that he was like i need a woman to make out with and you're the closest one so essentially sexually harassing her
2: yeah No, I wrote that down. I was like, Valerie said that Dylan was drunk and assaulted her. Yeah. But then manages to tell them, like, I don't want anyone to say anything to him because, you know, he was so drunk. He's not even going to remember it. It didn't like it should. It wouldn't have just been me. It would have been anybody, which does not make it okay. No. And that like, yeah, she just went along with it. And like Steve even does try to go in and confront Dylan immediately. And she stops him. And I was like, They tried to give Steve something. They really tried. Well, they tried to give Steve something, but
0: I wish I could give him the benefit of the doubt, but I fully believe that Steve would have marched in there not to find out if Dylan was really drunk and like make sure his friend was okay, but to defend Valerie's honor for something that doesn't need defending because it didn't happen. And so that's what baffled me is that Kelly and Steve sat there, heard Valerie say this, and believed it. Some part of them believe that Dylan would do something like that.
2: Yeah, blows my mind. Because, like, yeah, you want to give Steve the benefit of the doubt of, like, he believes Valerie and wants to go, like, stop the man that is assaulting random women because he's so drunk. But then, yeah, Valerie calls them out and is like, you know, Brenda told me that Dylan was in AA. Like, Kelly, why haven't you done anything for your ex-boyfriend that has clearly fallen off the wagon?
0: Right. Like, she literally says, if you care about him at all, maybe you should get off your pedestal and help him. So this this is the other part of Valerie being so good at, being, at bringing chaos. Now she's starting to turn others from Kelly. Yes.
2: She's – I just – like – and I feel like with the way that this night was going, she just came up with this off the top of her head. Totally.
0: Like, like- – That's the other thing. She seems like she's, like, good on her
2: feet. She's too smart, and it scares (laughs) me. Because, like, sometimes it does not, you know, seem like she's actually that smart. I mean, like, the next day we see her bring Jim Lemonade and be like, oh, you know, Dylan acts like a guy who needs money. Like, so obviously fishing. And then Jim is just like, oh, you want information? Here's X, Y, and Z. Right. But then we have this scene where she's like, Oh, you're saying that I cheated on Steve? Well, actually, you're a bad friend for letting your alcoholic friend assault me. Oh my god,
0: it's just bananas. Like, cause that's the thing too. Is like to your point, you. At sometimes it seems like she's not as smart as we think she is. You would think she would have figured out that Dylan's not rich anymore.
2: Yeah, she she basically needs him to spell it out for her at right. the end of the episode. Right, right. Which, like, I mean, truly, it it is wild to me that nobody else has thought to be concerned. Like, Dylan is going through all of this stuff, and even in this next scene during the day, like, Jim calls Dylan a typical greedy Beverly Hills brat Mm -hmm. rather than, like, acknowledge that this is a boy who needs help. Like, he's, you know, 18 or 19 maybe, but in you know, for all intents and purposes, he's still a kid. Well, yeah, and he's dropped out of school
0: for all we know. Like, there are so many signs that he needs help in more ways than one, not just financially, not just, you know, in, in a lot of different ways. It, it's just – but no one cares, and no one's caring enough to ask. And Dylan is is such the person that doesn't like to ask for help. Mm. He likes to help others, but he doesn't like to ask for help for himself.
2: Yeah. And so also somebody
0: needs to be there. Brenda I'm telling you, Brenda would have known.
2: Brenda would have known. And like, you know, also totally out of left field, but let's talk about how horrible of a mother Iris is that she hasn't mentioned this to anyone in Beverly Hills.
0: Yeah, no kidding.
2: Ugh. And I mean, like, you know, we get a couple episodes because the Peach Pit After Dark is two nights. So like we see a bunch of stuff with like Donna's storyline you see the peach pit you see Andre and Jesse all of which you know that stuff we'll talk about later and then I guess it's at the end of the second peach pit after dark Knight is when Brandon brings Kelly back to the beach apartment and he tells Kelly that he told Valerie that Kelly is hard on new people and Kelly's mad at him and like yeah kind of rightfully so yeah totally she should be mad like, you got
0: to take up for your person, right? Like, don't just
2: bring Kelly down to bring Valerie up. Like, yeah, it's it's a lot of, like, kind of intending to make Kelly feel bad about saying anything bad about Valerie. And, like, Brandon sometimes, like, I feel like up until this moment, he had a pretty decent episode. Like, he, you know, is right. really positive with the Peach Pit. Like, after Kelly tells him about Valerie, he does talk to Valerie about it. Mm-hmm. He even dances
0: this episode. I know.
2: <laughs> I know. And then, yeah, we get to this part where he's like, hey, by the way, I talked to Valerie, and I told her that, like, you know, she said that you're a snob, so I just said you're really hard on people. And Kelly's rightfully like, how is that better? Yeah, yeah exactly but then he he mentions that valerie's dad blew his brains out which is so rude and so insensitive and then it's like i'm amazed she's even functioning and it's like that's not how this conversation should go i just i'm not surprised at the dialogue right not not even a little bit they're They try so hard to be sensitive about mental health, and I do give them credit, but then sometimes it reminds you of, like, oh, you shouldn't have said that. And it
0: feels like most of the time they give that piece of dialogue to Brandon or Steve. Yeah. Because, like, I just keep thinking about all the things that Steve called Laura or, like, you know, the metaphors that he used so that they don't use the word crazy But it's almost worse.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like they thought it was like quippy and like a thing to have Steve say. And then, you know, yeah, unfortunately, it shouldn't have been okay then. I have no idea how it was received. But like now we're just like, that didn't age well. Right, exactly. And then, you know, the last thing we see in this storyline. So at the second night of the Peach Pit After Dark, Steve brings a flask of cognac (laughs) (laughs) to the beach bin and starts getting drunk on it and like pawing at Valerie, which if she said she was assaulted the night before is not the way to handle this. Nope. Yeah. And so she like is like cool girl and like makes out with him to take the flask away and pushes him off to go handle his party. But then immediately dips out with what's left of the cognac Ugh. to go to Dylan's house to get drunk on it and like absolutely wasted. I don't remember what she said that he was, but like, he's so drunk. He's like falling over and breaking lamps and they're like kind of rolling around on the walls, making out with each other. Yeah. It's very aggressive. Yeah. There was a point where after he broke the lamp and she like says something about him losing his money and he stands up and puts his hand like – at the nape of her neck and I was like oh my god he's about to choke her I
0: got scared I was like why does Dylan have his hand to her throat
2: it was so uncomfortable and then like it gets played off and then he's like you know oh yeah I had money and now I don't And if you think you're getting anything out of me like jokes on you and she's like uh is it and then they make out some more in the episode ends I don't ship it. (laughs) No, it's uncomfortable and like she's taking advantage of the situation that he's in and he's in a bad place. so He shouldn't even be like entertaining this. Yeah. Like homie just needs to get sober and go get a job at Burger King or something.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Just like get out of here. Like I don't normally wish for characters to like leave, but I kind of need Dylan to leave at this point if that means that he's like fixing himself and getting help.
2: Yeah, like, not the right move to go to Hawaii because he and Iris would be at each other's throats. But, like, yeah. the the way that Iris lives her life is probably the thing that Dylan needs right now, even if that's not what he wants. Sure. Of course, she's a shitty mother and he shouldn't go there. But, like, just saying, like, he needs mind gems and vegetables. and He does need vegetables. This Get boy is. This- <laughs> <laughs> He's drinking cognac out of a flask. And eating maybe caramel. I I did write down that he, he said caramel and not caramel. And I was right. like, I don't like that. Well, to be it.
0: honest, I don't quite know what I say. I just, it comes out. It's kind of like sometimes I say Caribbean and sometimes I say Caribbean. <laughs> and sometimes I say data and sometimes I say data in the same sentence. So I just couldn't
2: choose. Yeah, once he said it, I was like, well, I don't know what I say. Because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, in those examples, I say Caribbean, except for, yeah, when I... Pirates of the Caribbean. Sometimes it just flows. It just works. <laughs> yeah, I, he said caramel, and I was like, I'm pretty sure I say caramel. <laughs> you just know what you don't say. <laughs> No, I, I like I wrote it down because I was like, figure out a way to ask Mary and Caitlin how they say caramel without saying the word caramel. Right. Like, how do you say that
0: thing that is in Snickers? Right. Like you got to say it. it's it's. you're essentially That's doing that. Claire... That's
1: our nougat. Right. <laughs> right. Like... right. But you're
0: essentially like you got to do the thing that Claire and Donna do <laughs> to the himbos. When they asked
2: the muffin question, I was like, tea? <laughs> <You know. laughs> I knew the joke, and I still got it wrong. Yep. I guess I'm not a himbo. Hey, that's good.
1: (laughs) Well, Mary, do you want to tell us about the himbos? I do. Donna and Claire's video project is so awesome that David wants to collab with them for his new project, the search for intelligent bimbos on campus. Claire says they're in, but they're going to focus on himbos instead. Griffin comes to pick up Donna. David comments to Claire how it's weird how she's so happy now. Not that he's (laughs) not happy. Claire's like, that's good. Now I don't have to feel bad about liking you. Claire's plan for their video involves IQ tests for himbos, but also other stuff. Claire (laughs) says they'll go easy on Brandon. They'll just use him for the tonal poem, which Claire says is putting a message together by recording a bunch of guys saying one word at a time. Steve, for his part, is ready to join the Himbo Hall of Fame. (laughs) At the Peach Pit after hours, Claire calls David out for watching Donna dance with Griffin. Griffin calls Donna out for watching David dance with Claire. And I'm really sick of all of this. Like, I'm done. Thank you. Same. Claire and Donna film a bunch of dudes around campus, including Griffin, and laugh at what they can get them to say. They ask to interview a construction worker who's working to retrofit the campus because there was an earthquake, by the way. Didn't know if you knew. Jim also talks about it, so you know it's real. <laughs> Donna meets Ray Pruitt after he finishes his work and she asks him a couple of questions in front of his truck, which looks like the truck from Twilight.
2: It does. Oh, <laughs> I saw it.
1: <laughs> Um, He thinks she's making fun of him, because she kind of is, and he gets mad and leaves. Claire shows David their video. Donna shows up and says they're not using the footage with Ray. She makes fun of Claire and David for liking each other, and then leaves to find Ray. She finds him, and he has a guitar for some reason, and she tells him she feels bad about making him look dumb for her video project. She invites him to the Peach Pit after dark for the second night. He shows up at the party and asks Donna to dance. David notices, and Claire tells him to stop noticing. But then Griffin also notices and looks pretty jealous.
2: Some people just need chaos in their lives.
0: Again. with Like, this episode in one word sum- summed up is just chaos.
2: Right? I'm also I am fascinated by the idea that, like, there was an earthquake, and they mention it a couple of times. And, uh, like, we didn't actually see it right? No. Uh. Uh. It was probably one of those
0: situations where like, they want to stay. They want to remind you that they're like current and up to date with like, like this could exist in the real world, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I just I started thinking of um, it knocked up where she goes to spend the night at his house and there's an earthquake and he like runs outside to protect his bong and she's like, you weren't there. Yeah god that movie yeah we watched it recently and i was like well it really doesn't hold up but like no man early 2000s comedy. i'm telling you there was like the golden age
0: of like rom-coms but then also just comms in like 2001 to 2005 or something like that it was like purely the golden age of
2: cinema in that regard <laughs> <laughs> now it it honestly like if it feels like knocked up would be based on the video that claire and donna show it feels like knocked up would be something david loves oh my god yes totally they show this video of just people sleeping on campus and they're like oh my god this is hilarious this is so amazing and i was like this is actually an invasion of all of these people's privacy
0: so at first because it was so bad i
2: wrote down is this david's video (laughs) I did too. I had to go back and like backspace because I was like, I if too. I if I leave this here, I will forget and I will same. say it's David's. I know. I did the same exact thing. I wrote it down and I was like,
0: once I found out it was Claire and done, I was like, wait, 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 wait. I'm gonna say it and I'm gonna sound like an idiot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but no, because like. Their video is people sleeping on campus and then David is like this is exactly the kind of cinematography <laughs> that I need for my bimbo video. He was like a proud mom like he was like you guys did what I told you. <laughs> I just like I think it's so funny to me because this this show is made by actual like directors and cinematographers and writers and then like this is what they chose to be like you want to know what quality college video videos are
0: this. I wonder if they're like trying to make a commentary on how those who actually are directors and writers and producers aren't respected or something and that this is what would happen if people who don't go to film school or whatever try to make a film.
2: <laughs> and you know what? 15 years later we got things like Knocked Up in Tropic Thunder <laughs> and uh uh Pineapple Express. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. He um, really just gave that man Carte Blanche to make whatever stoner movie he wanted, didn't we? hundred um, percent.
0: But yeah, and and so that does make David want to collab with Claire and Donna, and Dave and David's like, oh yes, the whatever it is, the bimbos of CU or whatever. And Donna's like, David, that's so sexist. Which, yeah,
1: yeah, it, it is. is.
0: <laughs> yeah. But Claire's like, no, it's fine. We'll be sexist too. It'll be himbos.
2: I, I feel like Claire is definitely doing the, like, cool girl thing. Yeah. Like, she's like, I'm not, like, a regular girl who'd be offended. I'm a cool girl who's going to give it right back. Exactly. Which I don't hate that she used the word himbo,
0: though, because, like, I feel like I
2: didn't realize that that word was a thing <laughs> back in the 90s. Right? I, like, I thought that, too. I was like, I feel like I learned about himbo, like, 12 months ago. And they're talking himbo 25 years ago
0: i learned about a himbo on twitter like not that long ago and because somebody referenced um nate on legends of
2: tomorrow as a himbo and i was like he absolutely is <laughs> yeah once you know the definition it's like uh oh my god i don't even remember the name of the effect but it's like where you see it everywhere oh, off. yes
0: like where like i bought a kia but like before that i couldn't ever place a kia on the road but then i bought a kia and now i see kias everywhere exactly yeah now you see himbos everywhere (laughs) himbos himbos as far as the eye can see
2: (laughs) but yeah like griffin shows up and he's like carrying donna's books and then yeah david makes that comment about how it's weird to see donna so happy and like i know he means like because he hurt her so bad but i was just like oh because you never made her happy she was never happy with you
0: yeah like it's foreign to him that she like what happiness looks like on donna
2: I know. And, like, Claire doesn't give a shit. She's just nah. like, oh, cool, and then kisses him. And yeah, then just, she's like, like, immediately goes right back. I know. She's like, now we can do this. Light kiss and work. <laughs> <laughs> those those are the things that I love so much about her that she's just like, I have permission now because she's moved on. But also I'm not going to, like, sit here and make it all about you
1: because
0: I have shit to take care of because I'm a double major with a minor. So <laughs> Right? Like, she's like, I just came up with
2: a brilliant himbo idea. <laughs> yeah working oh gosh and yeah like she's telling kelly about the movie and uh yeah she wants to make it a tonal poem where everybody like they cut it together where all the guys say i'm a stud muffin Mm -hmm. baby Mm -hmm. which okay but like saying that that's the part you're gonna use brandon in i don't know how that makes it better
0: well i don't either because also brandon's a himbo
2: he just doesn't think he's a himbo Oh, yeah. Brandon would be so offended to be, ma- like, paraded <laughs> as a himbo. Meanwhile, exactly. Steve is just like,
0: <laughs> what can I do? How often can I be in this? Can we play again? <laughs> do you need a starring himbo? Do you also need extras in the background? Maybe I'll take my shirt off. How about that?
2: <laughs> you know Steve would just be, like, doing push-ups while answering the questions. Yes. Oh, my God. He totally would. With his little short shorts, his little show his nipple like wife beater and his little tiny hat. Yeah, no, he'd be like doing push ups, answer the muffin question, then stand up and just be like, Tennis, you wanna go see me you wanna see me play tennis? I'll show you how to play <laughs> tennis. Let's go play tennis. Look, you just
0: asked me, what's what's the score, you know, zero zero in, in, in tennis? I got that right, right? So let's let's go play it.
2: <laughs> he would just keep going. He'd be going for extra credit. He'd be like, but I don't know other tennis scores. <laughs> I'm like I wanted so bad for this joke to work, but shit, I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I accepted it really fast.
0: Hey, that sometimes admitting
2: is the best thing you can do. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then like there is a little part where like Donna comes home and like Kelly immediately goes over to Donna and is like, "Hey, did you know I just found out that Valerie's a stoner?" And you know, Donna calls her out of like, you read into people and nothing's there and maybe it was just incense. And like, you know, we've we've already covered all that, but I do love Donna just being like, we've been down this road where you like to gossip. I'm not here for it.
0: Exactly. Even though Kelly's been right 100% of the time, she is
2: two for two,
0: but you know, that's just water over there.
2: She's two (laughs) for three because she did start telling, she did agree with the whole Brenda sleeping with Roy. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So two for three, still pretty good. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, nothing's come to fruition yet. And the only one that did f- you know, follow through was the Brenda thing. And she was yeah. wrong. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they so they start going around campus. They've like built up this whole script on how to make people say things. And they're so adorable. <laughs> they're so cute like they get the guy to say muffin and claire just starts laughing and then donna's like i thought i was gonna pee my pants i know she's like how'd you stay like so
0: how'd you not laugh and she's like oh i don't know but they, that last one almost had me pee my pants
2: so donna's cute so cute i i almost were done. like donna you're wearing a dress <laughs> but this oh, is man. when they see ray pruitt yep here is mr pruitt ladies it's the Ray and, Pruitt era. And like, I, I've i read a few things about him. Like, you know, there's there's no way that we can avoid spoilers. Mm-hmm. So like, he's going to be here. And I mean, they they give him a pretty big moment in this episode. It's not like he was just going to go away. Right. And he has a tattoo. He does have
0: a tattoo. And he's in construction. So he's different than
2: the Beverly Hills brats. I mean, I feel like, you know, this is both a good and a bad example of it, but he's like the Jess.
0: Yeah. Or I'm trying to think of a different show that does something like that, because Lord knows this kind of thing's happened before, where it's like The Outsider. I mean, Gossip Girl with Dan. True, 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 true. Um. Mm, yeah, but yeah, definitely more of a Jess where it's like not in the friend group. Can tell he's kind of like not a, not a Brandon type, you know, something like that.
2: So different, different vibe here. Yeah, I mean, like you find out later, he plays guitar. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's got a little bit of an accent. He's like kind of a joker, but like it takes a while to get there, and like we hit some real rough patches. Also, like. And this is just what I know
0: about the character. Not a good actor. And very
2: boring. He was boring. I was just like, okay, we can move on now. Like, we don't need to see him. And then, yeah, I mean, he basically says, like, I'm busy now. Literally chopping wood. (laughs) Yeah, or doing whatever it was he was doing. And, yeah, he tells him, like, okay, I get off at five. Like, come back then. So Donna has to come back by herself because Claire is in class, I think. And then starts asking him questions and he catches on really fast. Mm -hmm. Like she gives him the answer to a question and then tells him that he has to answer it. And he's like, no, I'm not stupid. But rather than just say that, he calls her a rich bitch Mm -hmm. and then yells at her and then storms off and makes her feel bad. Yep.
0: And again, I'm like, even your mad scenes, I'm like, what noodle? Noodle. Sorry, Ray Pruitt, or the actor that plays Ray Pruitt, but I am. Blah. Because, like, personally, I don't even think he's cute. Like, Griffin's way cuter. Not that it's a competition, but.
2: I mean, technically it kind of is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he looked like someone and I couldn't place it, so hopefully by the time we watch a couple more episodes, I'll figure out who he reminds me of. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he's definitely just, like, a dry piece of toast. Yeah. She's not not into it. And, like, yeah, for some reason, like, when we see Claire showing David the himbo video and then she gets the whole I'm a stud muffin and then she gets to Ray just saying, love, 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 love. And I don't Mm -hmm. understand why that's supposed to be funny. I don't either. I didn't get that part. Yeah. It was just there to have Donnie be like, no, take it out. I don't want Ray in this, but it's fine to leave Griffin in. Mm Mm-hmm. And I guess it's because, like, you know –
0: griffin was fine with being recorded and ray wasn't like ray got offended or something like that and so but like yeah griffin footage is fine ray footage is not fine so take it out and then david inserts himself again (laughs) and is like donna i like griffin griffin seems like he's a good dude or something like that and donna basically like sure jan's right out of there
2: (laughs) (laughs) i just love that she's like i could see you playing footsie under the table Right, right. And I guess basically like once she, you know, confirms that Ray is being cut out of this video, she's going around handing out flyers for the second night of the peach pit after dark and she finds a construction crew. She asks them where Ray is. She apologizes for the video and he's like, oh yeah, I'm sorry. I said some things I shouldn't have. And I'm like, you think?
0: Yeah, you get very angry very
2: quickly, bro. And then, like, it just keeps getting weird because Donna says that she can get him into the peach pit after dark for free, which I feel like I would take a little offense to it to be like, you think I don't have $10? Yeah, like, you're
0: first you offended my intelligence and now you're offending my financial situation because I work in construction.
2: Yeah. And then, like, for some reason he takes it in stride this time and is like, yeah, my name is Ray Pruitt, 1T, it's all my mama could afford. And Donna's like, what? what (laughs) i love that she's just like for real okay Okay. are you serious
0: does that mean like you're coming okay bye
1: how much did my mom have to pay for two n's
0: (laughs) oh my god what if that was like i can see the meme of you know like the the person with the equations like going on (laughs) like donna just sitting there like well, my name has two N's.
2: <laughs> I just, oh my God, I would love if she was like doing the math of like, right that's like eight, Donna, 11. Mar- <laughs> well, and then like, wait, Kelly has two L's. Like if she starts going through all the friends. Oh man. Oh my God. And then, you know, he, he does end up showing up and like, I don't like the, the dynamic between the two of them because she's pretty immediately like kind of subservient and like, scared of him a little bit where she's like oh Mm -hmm. this music is stupid you probably don't like it
0: yeah she like already starts kind of almost stepping like feeling like she's stepping on eggshells a little bit because she's offended him twice and he's gotten mad about it so Mm -hmm. she probably yeah she just like makes a comment about the music he's like "No, no no it's good or whatever but it's like totally on his terms which is never a good place to be
2: yeah and then like they start dancing For some reason, she's dancing with him while Griffin is there, and I feel like this means that, like, Donna and Griffin did not define the relationship. Correct. Yeah, that's what it seems like. I was truly expecting Griffin to come over and start fighting him.
0: Oh, me too, or at least say something, and then maybe
2: Ray escalates it or something, but yeah. No, I thought the same thing, but didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I feel like... You know, they're not going to do anything right now. The Peach Pit After Dark is going to be, like, real popular. But then maybe, like, another time of Peach Pit After Dark or something, they're going to blow up at each other. Right. I can see that. I also, I just have to say it because I've said Peach Pit After Dark so many times. I started. P-pad. Yeah. I started <laughs> <laughs> making it smaller. And I was like, oh.
0: <laughs> Peepad. I I can only see Peepad,
2: Like. They have to know they were doing that. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to think of what else to call it, and I just thought of like Peach Pit at night, which just made me think of SpongeBob SquarePants being like, I'm doing the dishes at night. (laughs) (laughs) God. (laughs) But anyway, we're not even done with the episode because more happens. More happens.
1: Andrea tells Jesse she's happy staying home with Hannah while he goes to work. Someday, when he's the DA and she's a busy doctor, they'll remember these as the happiest days, apparently, where Andrea lies about how she's feeling and Jesse goes to work about it. Anyway, Jesse asks Andrea out for a date on Friday, and that's cute. Andrea and Jesse can't go on their date because Jesse's sister bails on babysitting. But the Walshes say they'll watch Hannah the next night so Andrea can go alone to night two of the Peach Pit after dark while Jesse goes to work again. Jim is so good with baby Hannah. Cindy asks Jim how old is too old to have a baby. And Cindy's like, we could. And Jim says, that would take a lot of serious thought. And Cindy's like, I'm seriously thinking. And I'm just like, stop it, you two. Do you really want another Brenda? Or worse, (laughs) another Brandon? (laughs) Andrea calls to check in. Cindy says she and Jim are having the most fun. I just read that. No, I didn't. I just wrote it twice for some reason. Anyway, Andrea (laughs) calls to check in and they're having a great time. Woohoo. Andrea goes by Doheny's after the peach pit after dark to see Jesse. She sees him talking across the bar to some woman and gets jealous. Thinks he's flirting for real instead of just making money at his job.
2: They, they like, they lift me up with the cute, like, let's have a date on Friday, and then they crushed my spirit. I
0: know. I mean, literally, like, I don't have much to say outside of everything Mary just said because she just summarized it so well and so easily because it was not very much. But, yeah, it's, like, cute. They're still trying to, like, make time for each other and, like – all of that, they're comfortable allowing a babysitter to take Hannah, like yada, yada, yada. Okay, they're pivoting when things don't work out, when they can't go on their date or whatever. And then, yeah, by the end of it, you're like, okay, Andrea, like, just go talk to your husband.
2: Just just go talk to your husband. And, like, when it was Friday and his sister bailed and they couldn't get another babysitter because it was so last minute, like, order some fucking takeout. Put on, you know, the Friday night movie of the week Mm-hmm. And set up the baby monitor, or at go to Blockbuster. Have some time to yourselves. Yeah, exactly. Like that's what, truly where it gets suspicious. Like all of her being like, "Oh, who are you dressing up for?" And him flirting at the bar. Like, you know, I think we talked about it before we started recording. But like, to just flirt. Like, mm-hmm. the, your your job is the people at the bar are paying you for your attention. Exactly. So yeah, like,
0: and to be like nice to you.
2: Yeah. Like, nobody is going to tip you if you just, like, throw a drink at them. Exactly. And, like, a Friday night at a bar, like, you know, sometimes, like, you don't want to be talked to and all that stuff. But, like, sometimes it's nice to be, like, here you go with a smile. And, like, yeah, if. Like, I feel like another part of bartender's jobs is if you don't want to interact with them, they stop interacting with you. Oh, totally.
0: Yeah. And like, Andrea only saw that interaction for like literally 15 seconds, maybe less. And so she doesn't know if that was the beginning of a conversation, the end of a conversation, all of the conversation. Like, you know what I mean? It's like she didn't stick around long enough to even suss
2: out the situation. She just assumed and left. This is, this is like dirty dancing when. <laughs> Baby's is like, no, I get it. You were just using them for, you know, you were just using all those women. And Johnny's like, no, baby, don't you get it? They were using me. <laughs> exactly, though. Like, that's exactly what's happening here. Yeah. And like, truly, the only thing that like really upset me, other than the lack of communication, obviously, was that when the date fell through they pivoted to well i'm just going to go to work and you're going to stay home alone and then tomorrow you're going to go out and then i'm going to go back to work right exactly like there was there was no effort to actually spend time together mhm
0: yeah it's like once plans fell through and then the second plan fell through they just didn't try
2: yeah they were like oh well i guess we need the money so mm-hmm. bye which you yeah. know fair you you do need the money, but, like, you also need a relationship to work. You can't constantly look to the future of when you're the DA and she's the fancy doctor.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, yeah, I mean, like, the episode technically ends on the next scene where, like, Dylan is super drunk and really uncomfortable. But, I mean, that's, that's really it. That's it. So there – I was looking at the 90210 wiki and I found an article like in the wiki article that was it says updated September 23rd, 1984, but it's like, I guess someone from Entertainment Weekly went to set the week they were filming this episode. So I'm just going to like read a couple key key points here, but it starts with it's kind of a weird day here, says Luke Perry scanning the set with his familiar squint and the faintest of smiles. The vibe is a little weird. And then just an episode being like, this is the fifth episode of the fifth season. Perry feels at first. Asked to redo for the fifth time a scene in which he simply walks into the peach pit, the actor gently pounds his head on the counter of the fake diner. An hour later, another scene crashes to a halt, literally. Newcomer Tiffany Thiessen is supposed to toss a french fry into the mouth of Ian Ziering. Instead, it lands in his eye. It must have been one crispy spud, Ziering... Trashes their table and storms off with actor, Dave, director. Oh, damn it, I don't want to take a superhero quiz. <laughs> <laughs> but you do. Who are you? I need to know. I'll take it later. I'll let you know. <laughs> uh, Zering trashes their table and storms off with director David Semmel in quick pursuit. Sometimes things in a scene don't work for an actor, says Semmel. The scene is eventually reshot. Skip ahead a little bit. It may be a little more than blowing off the steam of four years at the same job. Then again, maybe the 90210 cast just isn't accustomed to outside observers. For most of the past three seasons, the set has been closed to media. For a reason no one will state on the record, but which is fairly obvious. Departed cast member and tabloid regular Shannon Doherty. Brenda mentioned. (laughs) I just like... The set has been closed for reasons no one will state on the record, but obviously. Like, no, you're saying that. This is just like
0: another um, example of the media just like trying to cancel a woman. It's like with Britney, with Amanda Bynes, with Lindsay Lohan, with Winona Ryder. Now, like Shannon Doherty, like with Janet Jackson, like there's so many women out there that have been unlike fairly quote unquote canceled, or at least have their
2: have had their careers take a step back because of the media. Yeah, media screen. And like literally the very next sentence makes my blood boil too. The attention to Doherty, however, was also a testament to her allure. And the question of whether Thiessen, 20, can fill her halter tops as a designated Shannon replacement has yet to be answered. She's a replacement. <laughs> I just want to flip a table. Like, are you fucking get halter top replacement? Yikes. Whether she can fill her halter tops. When did Yikes. Brenda
1: ever wear a halter top? First of all,
2: and yeah. like, who is sitting here being like, I don't know if those tits are going to be as good as the last tits, <laughs> like, sir. I mean, yeah. I don't – like, that's gross. It's so gross. So the article is written by this guy, David Brown. Uh, it says he's EW's music critic. I'll link it in the show notes. I mean, you know, if you've ever gone to the nine hundred two 90210 wiki, like, you'll see it there. Um, but I'm just like <sighs> – shut up yeah no kidding because it's like you said like women are unfairly scrutinized by the media and this is like you know it had been happening so much before this and it continued to happen so much after this and we were just okay with people saying this stuff
0: i mean think about it Ian hearing literally like trashed the table and stormed off like a freaking diva but no that's not the problem it's all shannon doherty's fault
2: yeah director David Semmel being like, sometimes things just don't work. Except when it comes to women.
1: Yeah. Let's blame the woman who's not here for yeah. everything that's going wrong in this season.
2: Exactly. Right? Like, thank God Google Alerts didn't exist back then. Okay. Can you imagine if you were and Doherty and getting shit like this on a weekly basis? Ugh. I mean, probably daily, but like Entertainment Weekly is weekly, so. Right. And that's all I have to say about that. Well, that sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I was like, I was kind of a bit of a downer, but like, when else am I going to fit it in? And at least I could do that before I tell you my quote of the week. Perfect. Let's hear them. Um, I have, I have two. Okay. It's going to be David. It's weird to see Donna so happy. (laughs) And Claire, I'm a stud muffin, baby
1: nice okay mary what you got the david one um but also donna um regarding valerie she's great she's not (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i have one more
2: valerie i know it's very boomer of me ding 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 we have a winner (laughs) it was at the very top of my notes i i almost
0: missed it Yep. I was just so utterly shocked that the word boomer was used and it was like in relation to the boomer generation. And like, as we know it, like, I, yeah, it blew my mind and I loved it. Oh, I know. That's the same. I can't believe it took <laughs> me that long to remember it. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mary, do we have a moment of the week?
1: Oh, man. Um, so like, I totally forgot to write one. Like, I literally watched this at, like, 2 in the morning last night because, like, I wasn't tired. (laughs) Um, But, no, I don't think I do, actually.
0: (laughs) I mean, that's fair. A lot happened and, honestly, probably too many moments to choose from. Because, like, as we talked about, there was everything from, like, more facade being ripped off for Valerie, but, like, Kelly not being believed, more
1: lies, more evasive maneuvers, like, all that. And that was just one part. I changed my mind. I do have one. It was um, Valerie giving Jim lemonade and being like, <laughs> I made it with honey, just like my mom or whatever. And him, like just that lemonade being good enough that he didn't blow up at her for bringing up Dylan in his house again. That's fair. Like
0: I what like was it. in that lemonade? Xanax.
1: No. <laughs>
0: Just a little honey. is. Uh, Valerie calls Zanny's honey.
2: <laughs> it, it was just a little touch of meth. Yeah. <laughs> I got the recipe Lemon from meth. David. <laughs> yeah. He uses orange juice, but I like to think that the lemonade is a little more refreshing.
0: There's a bit more of a kick there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the zest just really. The zest.
0: Methanade. It's, it's methane. <laughs> It's like Tang, but not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing a little thing of Tang, but it just says meth. <laughs> it's a kick in a glass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh man. my God. Well, uh, do you know what's next week? Is it possibly going to match this episode? Probably not.
0: Man, I don't know. Like, I wish I hope it does. Uh we've got season five, episode six homecoming
2: oh my god i know it's not but what if brenda showed up oh
1: pretty please
2: only like yeah she just shows up and is like i heard dylan fell off the wagon and i'm here to handle this Mm -hmm. yeah that's the thing is like she could totally handle this yeah i mean i have no idea what it could be because it's it's not that i'm sure but i guess we'll we'll find out find out yeah so until then, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Back2Podcast. Or you can shoot us over an email of
0: any of your fun facts or any of your metaphors as it comes to other TV shows about who Ray Pruitt is, uh, what that character's like. Um, you can do that at back
2: podcast at gmail.com.
1: That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com.
2: And did y'all see the Instagram comment that somebody said that the guy who played Griffin and Lucinda were in Starship Troopers? And then I went to Starship Troopers because, like, oh, my God, how did I forget about this? And, um, uh, oh, my God, who's the other? There was another character that was on It's 90- Lucinda. No, it's on top of them. Oh, on top of them. Oh, um, I don't know. Hold on, give me- Denise Richards. Denise Richards was oh, in an episode geez. of 90210.
0: Oh, wow.
2: Yeah, we saw her, I think, it um. Kelly's mom's wedding okay she's like a cousin or something
0: yep 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 well, I, I like that now
2: oh my god I have to go back and watch this
0: movie well and that's what's so crazy is that somebody else and and we should probably mention who that was who gave us that comment but it's funny that they brought that up because I think it was last week that I brought up that those two characters when he plays Griffin the one who plays Lucinda is also like ex exes in all-american So that's, like, the third or second time they've interacted in something together, but third time they've at least been in something together.
2: Yeah, it was Casey Okoro on Instagram. Thanks for the fun fact. I was so excited. (laughs) I loved it. And, yeah, you know, on top of all of those things, you can go into your podcast app and you can rate, review, like, subscribe. You know, if you leave us a review, like a five-star review, we'll shout you out on the podcast, but, like, only the five-star reviews. I mean, I guess yeah. we'll tell. We'll we'll acknowledge if we get bad ones, but we prefer the good ones.
0: You know, because the bad ones will just be learning experiences. So we'll just learn and grow.
2: <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. So, from all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm a stud muffin, baby.
1: I'm. Is there caramel in that? I'm too old to have a baby. Bye.
2: Bye. <laughs> See ya.